Welcome to the Rhyme City Podcast. As we near the end of 2023, I'm reminded of how contrasting the time this time of year is. Um, A lot of times we, as as we grow up or as as children, this may seem very a fun time, a time of happiness. But a lot of times, especially nowadays, as you grow older, as adults, you begin to see that there may be some empty chairs. There may be not people that are no longer there. This time of year is also uh, can have very contrasting emotions when we think about it. Our stories are one of those things that can provide understanding and healing forward when we think about the, the things, the obstacles we may have faced in our lives. Last month, we discussed the importance of defining the difference between a home and a house and how that can really shape how you look at your environment, what's important to you. Today, we're going to discuss and remind ourselves of how important uh, the importance the stories can play in finding hope, you know, especially when you're sifting through it. Sometimes we're too close to what has happened to us, but with one, some reflection, we can sometimes gain um, some healing through that. I want to also share, if you are struggling and you're listening, I encourage you to, you know, say those three words, I need help. As adults, it is increasingly hard for us to say that, but I encourage you, wherever you are, I don't like reinventing a wheel, working in the mental health field. I, I just, whatever community, you can actually say those three words. It's very important. If you're United States, if you're in the United States, uh, 9A is a suicide crisis lifeline. If you are if you need professional help, I do encourage you to find that help. Today, we have a new guest. Her name is Caroline, right? Is that correct? Caroline Hardeman. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us and sharing in this discussion and um, thank you so much for having me i'm so excited no problem and i always uh, i'm always just uh whenever i think about where this podcast started it all starts with guests like you so Mm -hmm. thank you so much um i always say that people say it better than me (laughs) and you know the quote there was a quote last month that i just wanted to pick up again I, i think it's very uh it's very reflective. It's this quote from George Moore, and it's one to get your insight. A man travels the world over in search of what he needs and returns home to find it. What mm-hmm. comes to mind when you hear this? Um, definitely, you have to get out of your comfort zone. Yes. Um, especially if you know you didn't have the best experience growing up. Sometimes you have to put distance in between yourself so you can really discover yourself outside of what maybe people think of you or how others in your life maybe define you um so that's my biggest advice is stepping out of your comfort zone yeah you know a lot of times the practice i know for myself i use mindfulness and a lot of times Mm -hmm. mindfulness in itself just gives that little inch of distance because you're so close to it you know you need that third person perspective you know what you're going through and maybe um one thing that I've, i at least from my experience is being kinder to myself as well a lot mm-hmm. of times these these problems are long <laughs> longer than just a month or a year and oh, sometimes yeah. our our reflection of how quickly we can actually uh, reflect on it it may be not not the not reasonable and it's not you know and sometimes we get discouraged in that way 
I want to ask you, switching gears, what elements of understanding, we're going to get to your story, but what okay. elements of understanding your story helped you mm-hmm. move forward? Um, we could look at it, you know, so go ahead. What, what elements yeah. helped you or what did not help you? Um, I would say the first biggest thing was acceptance. Um, accepting that I can't change what already happened. I can't change the fact that I have a diagnosis and for me I couldn't even begin my path of healing until I accepted that I needed to do the healing and accepted Mm. of course that I needed professional help Um, because a lot of what I was doing was um, I felt a lot of guilt um, and I was ashamed Um, so that was just a stream of negative thoughts and then I just continued to spiral with those thoughts Mm -hmm. and honestly I ended up hating myself and it's like you can never have any type of positivity if you can't like you said you have to be kind to yourself um what have I heard you can't hate yourself into healing um Mm -hmm. You have to love yourself first. And it sounds so cliche, but it's <laughs> really true. Um, so um, instead of looking at my story as something to be ashamed of or just looking at, oh, these are all a bunch of bad things that happened to me. I decided, look, this happens and I'm going to do everything in my power to change it. So definitely using my story as a motive, uh, as motivation mm-hmm. you know a lot of times um you know as human beings we're terrible at remembering things and stories kind of has that element of remembering and mm-hmm. also i just something you said kind of remind me i was i had this thought recently in the last few months mm-hmm. a lot of times we think about professional athletes uh, let's say like basketball players or whatever mm-hmm. um if their only focus is win the NBA championship, then what about every single day that they're trying to get better at whatever they're doing as a team? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that grind, whatever it is, they begin to enjoy this uh, in the military is like embrace the suck, but you begin <laughs> to kind of enjoy those times when you reflect and you kind of improve. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that we only focus on these milestones so far away. We may end up hating basketball in this kind of illustration the idea is you start to understand and be a little bit kinder that i i never really liked the the element that people used to say and it's common the question is if you could change something 10 years ago what would you change and for me i'm like i'm at the point where i wouldn't because i wouldn't be me i wouldn't have i wouldn't like obviously i made bad choices maybe Mm -hmm. not as wise choices but I'm a, all the context that make me who I am is all the decisions I made to this point, and being a little bit kind, a little kinder in that. So mm-hmm. it's the idea that you know, if I want to be a champion in like NBA, I have to, I, or basketball or football, I have to like the what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I can't yeah. just think about achieving without liking, and that part of recovery, at least from my aspect, is learning to be kinder to myself, learning to live with me included mm-hmm. so that's kind of the 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 rub i guess where the rubber meets the road 
There's another quote. I uh, kind of do this a lot. It says, "We live in a world where many of us have a lot of friends on Facebook, <laughs> or whatever you use, but yet we have lost human connection." Robin trauma i know this is a common thread when it comes to social media it's not all mm -hmm. bad when it comes mm -hmm. to our technology it's just how we see it you know if i don't right. get enough likes if i don't get a lot of people people don't respond to me like mm -hmm. that and some of those expectations and uh er, a sense of urgency can be kind of toxic in how we view ourselves and socially uh, online what have your thoughts when you see this quote i know it's a little dated yeah but, but what would you say when you think about how you manage your uh, boundaries technology or vice yeah. versa um definitely have to limit my time on social media um personally i'm in a place where i used it as a tool as far as networking and then mm -hmm. sharing my story but that being said it's on my own pace like i don't be like oh you have to post every day it's more i'll do it when i feel like it because it's my page i don't i'm not yeah, living yeah. for anybody else um and then another thing that i'm really conscious about is whether you know if you're on instagram think about the people who you follow if you're following a bunch of negativity then that's what you're taking in and mm -hmm. i've learned that you have to be really conscious of the things you put in your body and that's not just food drinks it's um anything you know the people that you surround yourself with um i do think social media can be useful however i, I think in a lot of ways that the negatives probably do outweigh the positives in a lot of situations i think a lot of times because there's not um a self-reflection I, I i do find mm -hmm. that um, we tend to generalize like, mm -hmm. uh, like a bad situation. Uh, I think anyone who've lost anyone would understand if someone came up to me or you and said, I know exactly how you feel. You'd be like, no, you don't <laughs> right, <laughs> know exactly right. how I feel. I so, do not like it when people <laughs> say that. <laughs> you but, don't the thing, know. but the thing is, like, we do it to ourselves, if you think about mm -hmm. it. And that's what, like, we generalize. Like, I'm, you know, whatever mental health disorder or illness you're struggling with, mm -hmm. it doesn't, like, it's very different across the board. You know, me working, I feel like I see that everyone's not the same. So why would mm -hmm. we treat our mental health or what we're going through the same? So it's about the context for me a lot of times. It's I am I can't erase my culture. I can't mm -hmm. erase my background. Mm -hmm. Then it won't be a bigger picture. It's like so if things don't work out, if this bothers me, go deeper. If, if something mm -hmm. bothers it doesn't mean that you're oh you're just you're just making it harder. Well, I'm reflecting because this stuff matters. Connecting matters in that res in that respect. I want to I want to give you an opportunity. Obviously, I, I love to have my guests not only just you know have this discussion back and forth, but also share have an opportunity to share their story. Uh, you're new to this podcast. We appreciate that you're here, but I also want to have you just share at your whatever comfort level you feel comfortable in sharing. But I just like to give you an opportunity to kind of share a little bit about yourself to those who are listening, those who are watching. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so 
my journey with mental illness, um, struggling with mental health issues started at a very young age. I didn't know it at the time, but looking back, I've struggled with anxiety like from my earliest memories. And then my depression began around age 10 following a traumatic event that I experienced. And that was just the beginning. Um, I didn't know what I was going through. I, I actually did end up getting to a point in my early teens where I asked my parents, could I go to therapy? And they said, mm. no. <laughs> and so I really didn't get any type of help until I was much older. Mm. And so that was really hard. You know, I, I kind of knew things weren't right. But at mm -hmm. the same time, I grew up in a home where a lot of those issues were normalized. So mm -hmm. it was hard for me to really accept that, hey, I'm going through some stuff that everybody doesn't go through because I grew up around it. So I just, you know, kind of expected it. Um, and then so I struggled with my mental health pretty much for a while. And then I actually had two children. I had my first son in 2020, which, mm. as we all know, was COVID. So I had my son in January and, you know, by March we were shut down. So I was dealing with postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. And on top of all that, my husband was an essential worker. So it was just me and my infant son in the house all day. I was, you know, stuck with my thoughts. Um, so that was a very hard time. And then um, following the birth of my son in 2020, I had my daughter in 2021. Um, and that was really challenging because I had never fully dealt with my postpartum with my son. And then I'm faced with it again with my daughter and it got even worse. So just dealing with the challenges of having two children under the age of two. I was a stay-at-home mom. I never really got a break. Um, I was just with my kids 24-7, and the pressure just became too much on top of dealing with um, a lot of family issues, like with my parents and stuff. So ultimately, in July 2022, it was very impulsive, but I did end up attempting suicide, but I thank God it was not successful. Um, I always like to say that God saved me from myself and I'm so grateful for that because God believed in me when I didn't believe in myself and God wanted me to be here when I didn't want to be here. And so it took me a little while after that, you know, to get on the right medications, things actually got worse before they got better. But, um, once I really accepted that, okay you really do need help. Um, that's when things started turning around. I did end up beginning with medication. And so now I, um, I, I know that God saved me for a reason. And that's why my God-given purpose is to help people going through similar things as me. Um, because it's just so important to truly know that you're not alone. 
and to understand that lots of other people are going through similar things. And then on top of that, um, I, something I like to say was like, if I recovered, like you definitely can too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just uh, for me, I just remember helping people was my healing. You know, serving mm-hmm. people was my recovery. Mm-hmm. It, it, yes. it, you know, especially during the you know the, those times when it was difficult. I know you mentioned a little bit. It's more just having purpose. You mentioned the word purpose. Purpose, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, you, you could have a you know a last month in the pocket with all the house and the home. You can have a huge mm-hmm. house. And feel totally mm-hmm. alone. You could be around uh-huh. thousands of people and feel alone still. It's not proximity; it's that connection. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, you, uh, I want to ask you, you, uh, not to get ahead, but you also started a started something. Uh, it's mind over matter. Is that correct? Is, is yes. That- um, it's Minds Over Matter NC because there's other people that have organizations with that name. So I added the NC because I am located in North Carolina, just kind of trying to set it apart from the rest <laughs> of the names. Mm. Um, so I started Minds Over Matter March of this year. Um, and that's when I started doing fundraising. So our first fundraiser, I actually sold Easter baskets. I like made these really cute gift baskets and I sold them and all the proceeds um, went right to NAMI and um, I sold I I designed t-shirts that are related to mental health like the shirt I'm wearing right now I made it says stay tomorrow needs you and then hashtag stop suicide so all the proceeds of the shirts um, at that time were going to NAMI and then um, once it got closer to September, which is Suicide Prevention Month, I began doing my work for the AFSP, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. And um, now we're switching gears, um, doing some work for Christmas. It's not as much mental health based, but um, I work with children in foster care as well. So I'm going to do some fundraising for youth in foster care that have experienced a lot of trauma. Um, and then aside from fundraising, um, I, I post a lot and basically all my posts are informational, talking about different disorders, talking about different ways to help and ultimately just educating people because there are truly people out there that don't even believe in mental illness. So yeah, just wanting to educate people, increase their knowledge and raise awareness. Yeah, I think it's very important work you're doing. A lot of times, sometimes mental health hits someone later in life, and if they don't know what tools or what's out there, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's there's a difference between normalizing what someone is going through, but mm-hmm. when normalizing kind of affects your ability to actually get help, that's when it becomes a problem. Exactly. Um, um, but at the same time, you know, culturally, it's different. As you mentioned, you asked at a younger age if you could get therapy. Unfortunately, um, a lot of our, um, the generation behind us, our parents, mm-hmm. it wasn't a big thing. You know, in the 1980s, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. trauma was first really introduced to the DSMP. Mm-hmm. So um, we're all kind of catching up. However, I do feel your, the work is important because still to this day, there are gaps. Um, and mm-hmm. as adults, we're, but we don't, we don't tend to like to ask for help. <laughs> so yes. 
<laughs> so it's encouraged when we are able to have these discussions and know it's okay. It's and the problem with mental health or even substance use or dual diagnosis mm-hmm. is there's a value attached to it. And so if I had cholesterol issues or something chronic, I wouldn't say, okay, um, my value decreases because I have this, mm-hmm. and, but somehow, you know, in mental health, it's, there's a lot of stigma in regards to mm-hmm. how we're seen with this is, is just someone who needs help to mm-hmm. manage, you know, their mental illness, just like you mm-hmm. would do medically. Unfortunately, we haven't filled that gap with the ideas to get towards that direction. So Yes. Something that really um, put that, what did they say? Nail to the head for me. I was at a residential treatment center in December of last year and we did group therapy sessions literally all day. And um, one of the therapists said, you know, in reference to depression, you're not lazy, you're sick. And um, understanding that mental health or mental illness is just as debilitating as um, lots of physical illnesses. And so just for um, people that have never experienced mental health issues, kind of just you know, shining light on what it's really like so mm. that, you know, not necessarily understand because sometimes it's hard to understand if you haven't been through it, but just being aware. And that way, you know, if there's someone really close to you, whether it's a friend, a family member, a coworker, and you start to notice that maybe something's going on, like, I feel like you can be more equipped to kind of help that person. Um, because I, I feel like a lot of people are more likely to get professional help if there's other people around them that support them getting professional help. I totally agree. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of times also what helps, at least I've seen, is uh, remember why we're doing this. In, in a sense, uh, you, your family, your your close family, you may not be immediately touched by mental health or, mm-hmm. uh, or substance use. However, remembering their names i don't need to go through cancer to be kind to someone who has is suffering or going through stage three cancer it's just remembering mm-hmm. that this person has a family this person has people who care about them yeah. someone with mental health is no different so uh just a lot of, like when you think about you know that when we when we get to the derivative of why we do this stuff it's just because of the people is because of people mm-hmm. remembering their names. You know, if we personalize it, it becomes a bigger deal. I just remember this study. And, um, there was a during the beginning of the 1900s, they were trying to share about cancer, the dangers of it, mm-hmm. and they ran a bunch of statistics, but no one really cared. To be honest, mm-hmm. and when the when the human element came in, into, it became more more uh, closer that that people started saying started it started to matter more. I think mm-hmm. a lot of times when it comes to mental health, we have to remember that even though th- these people may be struggling and may not understand why they're struggling or yeah. understand why this keeps going on, remember mm-hmm. who these people are. These people mm-hmm. are just people who just need help, um, just mm-hmm. like you or me. And it's not that they are less valued. They're just like you and me. So, I, I, so I just want to ask you, and you kind of answered it, but going upon your story, what has helped you stay connected, like maintain this level with your story and others? You know, obviously boundaries we mentioned slightly, but what has helped you? 
I will say, um, so as far as social media goes with me being really open about what I've been through, I've had people reach out to me. Like there was this girl that reached out to me that I haven't spoken to since middle school. I believe a lot of people that, you know, maybe I haven't talked to in a really long time, or maybe I don't even know them that well. I've had a lot of people reach out to me and, you know, thank me for sharing my story because a lot of people have been through similar things and, you know, it kind of made them feel better to know that other people are going through it. And so that's very rewarding for me because of course I want to help. So actually hearing from people that I am helping, that really keeps me motivated. Um, Mm-hmm. And another thing I really like to remember my story because um, it's it helps me see how far I've come. Mm-hmm. And it also, um, you know, it, it's like, wow, I'm like proud of myself. And mm-hmm. so um, just I think it's important to share your story, but also, um, you know, um, use it as not to be guilty like oh these are the things I went through they were so terrible it's like wow I really did that like I really pulled myself out of the darkness because of course there's family and friends that help you they that support you but at the end of the day you have to give yourself the credit because you did that um yeah yeah Yeah, I, I remember this um uh, is this Chinese proverb uh, it said uh, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago the second best is now yeah. so that's the thing is like a lot of times we get stuck on uh, what we couldn't should have mm-hmm. done but you know I, I kind of feel the same way of what you said like I don't really feel this is me personally this is not professional or right? I really don't feel anyone's really lazy and the word yeah. lazy is kind of a derogatory I do uh-huh. feel that people just don't have they get lost in what their purpose is or mm-hmm. what they want to do. I think a lot of times right now, there's so much emphasis on convenience and there's mm-hmm. not much emphasis on individuals, like individuals taking the time to say no, no, <laughs> no is a complete right. word. You know, like, like it's not, you know, it's not about what I should have, could have. It's not right now. You know, you, we under, there's a lot of information out there, Caroline. A lot of little understanding. We look at our stories to remind us of our understanding, but we always we go and live forward. So there's kind of that perpetual back and forth. Yeah, Uh, definitely like a balance. And um, sorry, my mind went blank for a second. Um, I have ADHD, so I apologize. Um, But something you know, as far as you said that nobody's lazy, um, that's like such an important point because when all your energy is just being put into, I just got to make it through the day. Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't have, you know, it's, you don't necessarily have the ability to clean your house or, you know, like be everybody else's support when, you know, you can't even, you know, necessarily like support yourself. So, definitely um not beating yourself up there's a lot of reasons why you know we all can have challenges completing things whatever that may be mm-hmm. and i think you know the, um, piggybacking from what we said beginning being kinder to ourselves is understanding we can only control what we can control so that yes. gets a little complicated 
So, like, uh, I just remember reading a while back, I read uh, Man Finding Meaning from Viktor Frankl, and people would look at that, like, with Holocaust and what they mm-hmm. experienced. And he said the people who made it weren't the optimists. I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but um, it wasn't the pessimist, wasn't the optimist. It was a person who only only focused on what they could control today or that mm-hmm. hour. So, like, it's, yeah. it's you know, like the problem with the optimist is there'll be some sort of nexus point. They're like, okay, March is going to be the month. We're going to mm-hmm. get everything together in March, but then you forget everything else. The mm-hmm. So, I, I feel sometimes. Uh, you you may look at someone who's struggling, and the best thing, the only thing they could do is get out of bed and go for a walk. I don't think that's lazy. Uh, if you really no. think about what they're going through, um, the fact that they're you know sometimes it's a miracle, especially seeing people even find that motivation, what they've been through, you know, what they're gone through, what they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think people have to like. Um, I don't understand every interesting detail of what it feels like to go through chemotherapy, but I know enough people and I care about those people to say, uh, I could be kind to those people. I'm not going to mm-hmm. be like, well, well, why did this happen? What did you do? No, we're, we're in the, we're, we're human beings in this world and we're just trying the best we can. I think COVID kind of reminded us of that I missed in COVID going through the line and I can't, I have my mask on. It felt so weird mm-hmm. because like mm-hmm. there was no interaction. Everything was kind of cut off. So you go in there, you run out. So I want to ask you this one quote as we kind of yeah. press forward. This is nobody can teach me who I am. You can describe parts of me, but who I am and what I need is something I have to mm-hmm. find out myself. I think this is, at least I try to remind myself this because there's a lot of, you know, there's great advice. I don't want to tell, take away from maybe family, people care about you, but at the end of the day, you're going to live with you. So <laughs> you got to figure out what that is and what, what will help you. Yes. Um, that was something that was really hard for me. Um, my mother has um, mental health struggles as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found that um, growing up, my mom has bipolar disorder. And I remember like, every time i had like i don't know like an emotional outburst because i was dysregulated i would just be told oh you're acting like your mom um oh you know you're gonna have bipolar when you get older and i did (laughs) i do have bipolar disorder (laughs) among other things um but i had to understand you know i had so much fear of you know doing and um because, you know, mental health is not an excuse to traumatize people or anything like that. So I had to realize that, yes, my mother had these struggles. Yes, you know, it led to a lot of things happening. But I'm not going to relive that cycle. I'm not going to allow those things to happen to my children. I'm going to do everything I can do to get better because I don't want to hurt my family. I don't want to hurt my friends. I don't want to hurt the people around me. So basically just understanding that I am not who people tell me I am. I am not my mom, my dad, whoever. So just remembering that you truly are an individual and, you know, some people are very opinionated. They're going to tell you who you are, who you're not. And at the end of the day, nobody knows you like you. Nobody knows, you know, every thought that goes through your head. So 
Definitely, yeah. Just giving yourself that space to really discover yourself rather than listening to all the things that other people say. Yeah, and I would just want to say that uh, I had a guest uh, recently. I, I liked what she said. Um, have the small conversations so you have the big ones. So, mm -hmm. like, when you have one thing that's lacking, not lacking, but I see there is a turn, is communication. So, a lot of times, you may yeah. not have figured all out so if you're not able to have the small conversations how are you going to have the big ones so whether it's your family your spouse your kids whatever they are to you it's important to have those small conversations so when it comes to oh my goodness i'm not doing well you can say i need help yeah. <laughs> i need help you can't you can't yeah. go from i'm perfectly fine managing all this stuff together and be like now i'm gonna say i need help no that mm -hmm. that I think um, I think we're realizing. I'm hoping uh, through uh, Dave, through your story and through other stories that we're reminded that we are not islands. We need each other. For out. sure. Whether you're introvert or not, it's just mm -hmm. we're we're. It's not an excuse to be introvert. You still need someone to connect to. Um, I want to ask you as we kind of wrap up. You know, uh, it was wonderful talking to you, and I just you know I want to. What would you want to? Uh, what would you want people to be reminded this December? December, no matter where you're out around the world, whether you're religious, whether you're Christian, Jewish, Muslim, it, it's, this is a big time of the year. Um, people who are have homes, people who are homeless right now, people who are struggling. Mm -hmm. um, when you think about um, your story, what would and what do you think people? What would you want people to be reminded this December? of the contrasting whatever you would like to share yeah so um from more of like an american christian perspective of course christmas is coming up thanksgiving is coming up and i don't know about anybody else but for me the holidays can be really stressful um as far as family goes you know mm -hmm. spending time and having get-togethers with people that aren't necessarily you know the best people for you, you know, for you to be around, um, you know, being around people that may have, you know, caused you a lot of trauma. Um, so as far as that route, I'm just telling people, you know, you're just because it's the holidays, you're not obligated. Like you don't have to go to Thanksgiving if you really don't want to. You don't have to do. Um, so just remembering that like choose you if something is too much, you can say no. And that's something I'm working on myself. Um <laughs> Cause I like always, I end up being the person that hosts Christmas like every year. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing it this year. It's too much. Um, Cause I had actually offered to my dad. I was like, well, I want to have Thanksgiving at my house. Um, and he's like, no, I want to do it at my house. And at first I was like, well, why doesn't he want me to do it at my house? I'm like, probably because he just knows how much I'm going to stress. So yeah, yeah. definitely um, you can say no. And then another thing, um, you know, there's a lot going in the news right now. I'm not going to like touch on that because you know, everybody has different views and everything. But just um, with so much going on in the world, definitely just try to unplug, disconnect. Um, I personally don't keep up with the news very well. Um, as much as I like to be informed, um, you know, just seeing a lot of horrible things going on around the world. It causes a lot of anxiety. It causes a lot of stress. So definitely, you know, kind of as we talked about earlier with the social media, like just be very mindful of the media that you're consuming.
Yeah, and I, you know, just, you know, you mentioning uh, the unplug, I do agree, you know, just, you know, spend quality time. And the one thing that, you know, mm-hmm. is normalized is you have these family reunions. They probably haven't seen each other for 10 years. Everyone's on their phone <laughs> the whole time around the yeah. dinner table. And I'll, I'll admit it, you know, I'll be one of those people who are just so easily just being intentional. Hey, mm-hmm. I don't see these people a lot of times. Yeah. I may not agree with so-and-so, but, you know, the idea is we could still be in the room if we don't agree. And this time of year is kind of hard for that. But <laughs> I would also say, um, just when you mentioned, you know, you could say no. Also, I would encourage those people listening, uh, do whatever self-care you, that has helped. Don't forego mm-hmm. it because of the holidays. Like, mm-hmm. little self-care is better than none. So I know there's Absolutely. sometimes it's and sometimes even that five minutes, <laughs> those ten yeah. minutes, whatever. It is. Like, yeah. if you if you usually go for a walk, don't be that. Uh, I just want everything to be perfect for going for your walk in the morning or whatever it is. Your mm. your journaling, you know, whatever helps you. Just try to keep that. What has helped you probably throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, don't forego it through the holidays. Uh, you know, your yeah. self care does matter. That's what I want to also add to that. Yeah, um, I totally agree. And, you know, just emphasizing that self-care looks different for everyone. So what really helps me is not, you know, I'm not going to tell all my friends to do that because that doesn't mean it's going to help them. So just I would recommend people try a lot of different options, you know, like say you try meditating and you're just like, I don't like it. That's okay. But that doesn't mean you give up on self-care. That means, okay, we're going to try something else. And once you find what really works for you and really commit to that, um, it helps a lot. I will say um, being in a home with two toddlers, working, being a college student, it can be very hard for me to take time for myself. Um, So after my kids go to bed, I definitely try to um, really like that's my time. Yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, I like to dim the lights and I like, I enjoy the quiet and things like that. Yeah. So, whatever that is. And a lot of times, you know, if you're coming home from work or it's stressful, whatever cathartic way to do it. And a lot of times, if there's not a lot of steps to it, like mm-hmm. I, I joke, but in the methodology field, so I was like, I want to ride a bike. Well, do you have a bike? No, like mm-hmm. if you, you know, like, <laughs> like make, make something that you can actually do that doesn't yes. take a lot of steps to do. So whether it's mm-hmm. running, I you know, and uh, even like uh, I'm a gamer, so I'm not gonna say like oh just game <laughs> all the time. But I would say <laughs> if you're able, if it's cathartic, you know, within reason that you don't forego every responsibility that you have, mm-hmm. unwind, find something you do when you get back. That's what has uh, what I've seen this help, but also just. Be kinder if you do overconsume, or if you have that argument with your family member, and then you get some perspective. Step back, remember what has helped you, and move on. You know, learn, understand, and then that we just adapt to change. So uh, those try not to be so hard. The holidays is hard for a lot of people. It is, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just want to say thank you so much for coming on. It was great sharing in this topic thank you for having me and providing this platform for people like me to share our story um you're doing awesome work um i actually hope to start a podcast one day so maybe you'll have to be a guest online (laughs) no worries that'll be awesome and i just want to 
Sarah, um, all, if you want to find out more about what Caroline is doing, just look at the notes and just find out what she's doing. All right. Yeah. Just thank you again, Caroline. I just want to share with those who are listening. Remember to stay updated with Rodman. She's through the various platforms. Rodman, FL.com is the website. This is goodbye from Revival. She's leading with last quote from Martin Luther King Jr. He says, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. I think I forgot the forward part. But yes, keep <laughs> moving forward. 